0: Hey, Ding Dongs. Welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast normally about NBC's The Good Place. My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, she's channeling me from the Quantum Void. It's my sister, Marissa. Hi, Jelly Bean. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of cute, actually. I like, yeah, I like the nicknames for the kids. I like the nicknames for the kids. So, in honor of Captain Marvel and in anticipation of Avengers Endgame, which is coming up. In a few weeks, we're revisiting or visiting for the first time some other Marvel movies for a theme we like to call Avengers pregame. That was all Marissa. So (laughs) uh, congrats on that. Thank you. This week, we watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, the second (laughs) Ant-Man movie. (laughs) You can already tell how I feel about it. Uh, Starring Evangeline Lilly and our ageless boyfriend, Paul Rudd. He
1: is every woman's boyfriend. This
0: man, he, he and like keanu reeves need to share their secrets with the world because what if two- it's vampirism i mean i would be okay with that <laughs> that was, if it was a if it was like a vampire coven with like two of the seemingly chillest dudes in hollywood i would be into that honestly <laughs> sign me up before we get into the recap a little housekeeping, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and at goodplay.cast.rocks. Please rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. You can also follow and like us on Facebook. We're at The Good Play. We have a group, Twitter. We're at The Good Play Pod. And you can send us an email at thegoodplaypod at gmail.com.
1: We have no emails this week. I checked I mean, once. I'm
0: not surprised. I did get some <laughs> real-time feedback from a couple of my friends on the last episode. They were. I was very proud that they liked it. A joke that I made about <laughs> Casper mattresses, <That> was- <laughs> and, uh, and uh, uh,
1: listener Joel, uh, who I <laughs> <laughs> see on a regular basis because we work in the same building, told me that he saw the title of the last episode and instantly knew that he was going to be in for my screeching the immigrant song, <laughs> which I will spare you all, okay? Because I am the goddess of mercy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're the opposite of Hella yes and my my friend from the conference who last time I was like oh I I have a friend who I saw at my at the conference that I was at two weeks ago that hit subscribe in front of me she tweeted at me and she was like am I that friend Uh, yes you are thanks for (laughs) listening Miriam I I, I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast you
1: too can get an individual shout out (laughs) if you merely speak to us
0: (laughs) if anyone just wants to like
1: hit us up just personally that's also fine (laughs) Oh, you know what? Speaking of which, our friend Lori tweeted oh, about yes. the podcast this week, which was very kind of her because Lori has a lot of followers. So yes. thanks, Laura. That was very it, sweet of you. I think it was something like, this has been a garbage week, so I'm
0: going to listen to my <laughs> friends talk about some nonsense movie I've never seen.
1: I think, like, was, I think it was um, The Avengers, the last one, Infinity War. I think she was listening go. to that old episode.
0: Uh, that one's one of my faves. So yeah. if you're going to... <laughs> and has a lot this that's actually a really good
1: segue because this one has a lot of connections to infinity war, so it does yes, it does, so we're we gonna get into the into the recap, yeah,
0: just up front i you have never seen the first ant man right
1: no, so I was very confused
0: <laughs> i okay, so I did see the first ant man, I saw it in theaters, and I don't remember a dang thing from it. Like, I barely remembered that, like, Michael Douglas, the president, was in it. So I was like...
1: (laughs) The American president. The American
0: president. I have something to say about that at the end. But (laughs) I barely remembered even what it was about. So I was slightly less lost than you, probably, but not by much.
1: Well, but also you've seen all the other Marvel movies, right? So there was a lot of reference to things that happened in Ultron, things that happened in Winter Soldier. Yeah. And I was... So, there were so many times I was like, I don't know what, like, hey, teach, hey, teach, I didn't do the reading. Can I be excused? You
0: need, we almost need like a previously on.
1: Yes. Just like a pre-show that they can play. So like the movie starts at noon, but if you want to show up at 1130, they'll (laughs) they'll just show you a little highlight reel of like, and then
0: this happened. Right. Previously on the MCU. And then it's like all this nonsense. So, yep. So I'll try to call those things out when I... Catch them, but I might be missing stuff.
1: Before we launch in, I should say, you did not like this movie. No, I thought it was a piece of garbage, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) I love Paul Rudd. I just thought
0: this movie was a piece of garbage, and everybody was acting like they didn't want to be there.
1: Like, okay. Yeah. My take on it was, like, it was a perfectly fine way for me to spend a Friday night. I didn't have to pay for it. It was on Netflix. If I had to pay for it, I would have been really annoyed. Yeah. It was... Fine. There were par- So here's the thing. There were parts of it that were really genuinely funny. There were snippets of dialogue that I thought were really hilarious. Yeah, I, I there were a few times when I laughed out loud. Yes. But, but there's that the whole thing part. with Luis and the truth serum. Yeah, that I thought was that was really funny. Really funny. And then the whole thing at the end between uh, Scott and the FBI agent kind of like going back and forth about whether they're going to go out to dinner. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah, that felt like the two of them riffing. Quite possibly. And and Paul Rudd has a screenwriting credit on this movie. So it's possible that he kind of inserted some funny bits. Yeah. But I most of the movie, I was like, this is all mumbo jumbo, right? Like, Yeah. The Uh, MCU, so it's not, look, it's not as if, you know, I'm some... It's been previously established that (laughs) I skipped large parts of the MCU. And I don't know what's going on half the time. (laughs) But I did see Iron Man and Iron Man 2... And maybe Iron Man 3, I don't remember. And like, I understood the science in those movies. Like, yes, it's pretend science, but it has some sort of grounding in something that feels real to me. Mm-hmm. And this was just like magic dressed up as science. This, and if it's just gonna yeah. just have it just be magic. Like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't, ugh. Like, okay, whatever. There were just so many points where I was like, this is just, you're just saying science words.
0: Well, and there's a line in it where Scott Lang, uh, where Paul Rudd says, are you just putting quantum, the word quantum in front of other things that you're saying? And I was like, this is, someone in the screenwriting room said this. And they were like, ha ha ha, let's put it in the movie. Because- I mean, like, my notes are so salty because I'm just sitting there like, the quantum realm? Like, what even is that? Like, why why do this? Why do this? Like, you know, the idea of shrinking and getting bigger and, like, having your sort of superpower be this mech suit that can change your physiology and, and change sizes is, like, an interesting thing. That's an interesting idea. And I think that some of the parts of this movie that I thought were cool were moments where they sort of played with scale during fights and stuff.
1: Yeah, that's what everybody likes about these movies.
0: But but at the same time, I didn't think the CGI worked well enough in a lot of the places. And, you know, and... That's that's like fun for a little bit, but like I didn't feel like we needed a two-hour movie. I feel like this could well, have been an episode there was of not, television. Yes,
1: there was not enough plot for a movie. It was absurd.
0: Like, I mean, we'll get to the post-credit sequence, but I think that's the Which only thing. Chilling,
1: yeah. Two post-credit sequences, and they're both chilling for different reasons. Oh, I only watched well, actually the, one. the same the same reason, really. But
0: it could have been an episode of television, honestly. Like it was you could have cut i mean i'm getting ahead of myself but like you you could have cut i think 50% of this plot line out yep. and had like a, <laughs> a an agents uh, like a, a very special two part episode on agents of shield to do this whole thing and i it you would have been it would have been fine
1: well you wouldn't have had the budget for you know all the special effects I don't think. And that's what people go to these movies for is like the the big stuff and the little stuff and the little stuff getting big and the big stuff getting little wee.
0: I guess, but holy moly.
1: I so mean So here's an exa- here's just an example of why this all seems like garbage to me, like the science seems like garbage. Yeah. So and there's going to be a great Matrix joke in here if you just hold on and wait for yes! it. Because Larry, cause Larry Fishburne is in this movie, you guys. God
0: bless. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne like, doing the Lord's work trying to make this movie
1: watchable <laughs> for yes. me. So two things happen in this movie pretty much at the same time. One is that Scott becomes very, very big. And in becoming very, very big, Evangeline Lilly, the Wasp, uh, Hope Van Dyne, says... Oh no, oh no, he's going to run out of oxygen. Simultaneously, Michael Douglas is shrunken down to the quantum world, where there are... Tardigrades? So let's just... Yeah, There, are... I mean, I look, as soon as the tardigrades came on screen, I was like, Tardigrades! Because I love them, but... <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, but they can survive the vacuum of space. They're amazing. I know! <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but... No, Can we but, have a whole movie about tardigrades. I'd be so <laughs> much more interested. There's a great episode of Cosmos you should watch. Uh that's okay. really great. But so Michael Douglas is in the uh, what's his actual name? Hank Pym mm-hmm. is in his little like quantum mobile down to the quantum realm, and meanwhile, there's no concern about him not being able to breathe oxygen. So I just sort of said, "You think that's air you're breathing?" <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence, <Fishburne. laughs> because, because, yes, so it was a solid Lawrence Fishburne joke. But, <laughs> like, why is it that Scott is having trouble with oxygen because he's too big, but Hank Pym being too small, smaller than a molecule of oxygen, well, okay, a diatomic, a diatomic molecule of oxygen, being smaller than that, but he doesn't have trouble breathing. You know what I mean? Like, there's no consistency here.
0: And also, like, why does Michelle Pfeiffer have, like, touched by an angel powers because she's been stuck in the quantum realm for 30 years? That was the thing
1: I objected to least in this movie. I was like, finally, we are just going to straight-up magic. We just have left the pretend science behind, and we've just acknowledged that this is magic world. I'm fine with it. Should we? Should we? We've gotten to our... I mean,
0: we don't have to do a recap. We could just be like, how did this get made this episode?
1: No, no, no. I hate... Look... I love how did this get made, and also I hate it on the episodes when I never have any idea what happened in the movie. That's, <laughs> like okay, I want, I want to have heard what happened in the movie because it's not on our listeners to watch this movie, particularly we watched this it, movie. So
0: you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> About right. that. It
1: wasn't. It wasn't that horrific that you like that I would say, "Oh my god, don't watch it." But like, you no. shouldn't have to watch it to to listen to this episode.
0: No, so, it's it's just. I, I mean, I wasn't like. Look, I'll put it this way. It was it's certainly not the worst movie I've ever seen by a long shot. And there are plenty of people in it who are perfectly good actors and really charming. Like, I think Paul Rudd is incredibly charming as a human. So I was like, uh, you know, into what if I had to watch somebody for two hours, kind of like go through his paces in a movie like this. I'm glad it was Paul Rudd. Sure. But, I, uh, you know, the MCU, I-, I mean, when you have movies like infinity war when you have movies like black panther and even captain marvel and uh the original iron Iron man Man, like you know there there are movies of varying quality and i just feel like for this universe of movies this is at the bottom of
1: the pile for me i'll put it that way i mean you haven't seen all of them but you've seen most of them at this point haven't you
0: yeah i haven't seen the first two thor movies okay
1: those are not supposed to be very good (laughs)
0: Yeah, like I don't think The Dark World's very good. But like I've seen yeah, most of the other ones and uh this was uh, of all even I mean the first Ant-Man I I kind of liked. It was fun. It was it because it was this low stakes totally heist, separate right? heist movie that was like had no had nothing to do with these like larger kind of it was much more of a popcorn movie like it didn't really fit into this whole other world and then I think the problem with this movie One of the problems with this movie is that it has to fit into this, like, larger world where, like, the stakes are so much higher. And, you know, Paul Rudd's just kind of like a petty criminal. Like, it's not, it's a different...
1: He's not that bright. He keeps doing things that I'm like, wow, that was a really bad idea. Yeah, like calling, like the
0: FBI agent's like, you haven't talked to this guy. And he's like, nope. And then like that night, he's like, let me just call you on my phone. That's probably being tapped. No, anyway. no, no, no. He, he had a
1: secret, phone, oh, hidden behind a secret a light, phone hidden behind a light socket. Okay. That was actually, or uh, an electrical socket. That was actually one of the not stupid things he did, but oh, he okay. did plenty of other things. And I was like, well, that was a, that was a real mistake. <laughs> Well, all right, let's let's see if we can get through it. And I'll like pretty. Yeah, like pretty quickly. So yeah, basically, yeah. it starts with a recap of Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas as the parents of like little Evangeline Lily, Right. So it's Hope Van Dyne and Hank Pym are the parents and Hope her Van Hope Dyne is, is the th- daughter. Sorry, I'm sorry. What's the mom's Janet. name? Janet. Janet Van Dyne and Hank Pym are Hope Van Dyne's parents. It's interesting. She has her mother's name, isn't it? Yeah. It was like the one of the only things I liked about this movie. <laughs> um so apparently Janet and Hank used to go out superheroing mm-hmm. although we've never heard of them, right? In the well, Marvel they, Cinematic Universe? Well,
0: were in SHIELD apparently question mark. I forgot
1: about that. Okay, whatever. Yeah. So they're like out on a mission and They have to deactivate a bomb, but in order to do that, they have to go into the quantum realm. But Hank conveniently can't; his suit like malfunctions. He can't go into the quantum realm, which is the quantum realm is when you go subatomic. Yeah, you go smaller than an atom or whatever. You know, sure, sure. So, (laughs) you know, down I guess down to the size of quarks? Question mark. That would be my guess. Okay. And uh, so Janet goes, and then she's like lost forever, and and Hank has to go home to hope and say your mom is lost forever.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I she's mean, very so sad about it. One thing I do remember from the first movie is that they basically tell Paul Rudd like if you do this, there's no coming back from it. And but he does. He manages to do it. So that's why Hank is like, "Oh, there could be hope like we could." Well, find that's yeah, out we yet. haven't gotten there yet. But yes.
1: But that—I that, mean, the plot what of the movie. With, yes.
0: What happens with
1: Scott? Like that sh- shouldn't be a spoiler because that happened in a previous movie. I'm not saying it's a spoiler. I'm just saying that that we get to that a little bit later. But yes, oh, okay. Apparently, yes. in the movie that I didn't see called Ant Man, <laughs> Scott goes down to the quantum realm for some reason, and then he's able to come back. I think his uh, what. I, so I, there was like a little flashback scene, and it seemed like his daughter called for him, and he came back that way.
0: Yeah, he and his daughter have a cute relationship. Yeah, it's sweet.
1: Yeah. So, and in any case, we see that Scott's been on house arrest for almost two years because he violated the Sokovia Accords. And then in the note <laughs> yeah. says, which Marissa probably still doesn't know what they are, LOL. Thanks, Brianna. I mean... That's <laughs> That's true. I don't know what they are, and I don't care, and I will aggressively stop anyone from trying to explain them to me. It's something, and something. Also, country should be able to decide if super people come and do things. blah
0: blotty, blah, blah. Okay, and also the other piece of this, maybe I'm remembering incorrectly, but the other piece of this is in the in Avengers: Infinity War. They say, "Oh, Scott Lang is sitting this one out because he has a kid at home, and so like he doesn't want to get involved." But that's not actually what happens, because he's been on house arrest. And...
1: Well, no. My memory of it is that they say that both Scott and Hawkeye are... Yes. Ser- they don't say serving time, but they say something like trying to keep a low profile because of the whole thing that happened, or whatever. Oh, oh.
0: I thought it was, they've got kids, and so they can't risk it. But maybe I'm... Uh, it's been
1: a while since I saw yeah. Infinity War. Anyway. But yeah, he's been on house arrest for two years, which is nuts. Yeah. And he's got this leg bracelet that makes sure, ankle bracelet, to to ensure, much like Paul Manafort, <laughs> that he's not, viol- not violating the terms of his uh, house arrest thing or whatever. But anyway, so, so Scott and his daughter are playing together, and he accidentally crashes his ankle bracelet through the fence. And that brings the feds in, which, look, um, how do I say this? There's no bleeping way that the bracelet is actually that <laughs> good. And also... Yeah no I got nothing else to say. <laughs> well
0: that's... I mean except why not if we're living in a world where the quantum like a realm exists?
1: Yeah, but in that case, like, look, the FBI should just have his house all wired up with like cameras, and they should be able to just look in on in on him at whatever time, right? Yeah, like... I guess that's true. This is so far down on the bottom of my list of things that I cared about. <laughs> that's that's fine. That's fine. Okay. So the feds come and the lead agent is uh, Agent Wu, who's played by Randall Park. And he is so funny and yeah. so adorable in this movie. I just wanted to give him a hug. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Agent Wu comes in and is like, hey, Scott, sorry, you know, this is routine. We have to do this. And, like, you know, have you talked to Hank or Hope? And he's like, no, 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 I haven't. And he's like, you know, because that would be a violent and you you would go to prison for like 20 years which is nuts man <laughs> that's cuckoo bananas but uh i mean there are people who kill their spouses who don't get 20 years in prison like cut me a break but well, yeah so and Scott's like no 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 so the feds don't find anything and they and they go and meanwhile Judy Greer his ex-wife and Bobby Cannavale the ex-wife's boyfriend or is new that who husband is that
0: was i forgot who i was like who is she like they seem awfully chummy to be exes but maybe i'm some people are very
1: emotionally mature brianna <laughs> <laughs> ouch <laughs> So they take, they take the daughter back because I think she's only with her dad on weekends or something like that, which makes sense, right? Because he can't take her to school. He can't leave the house. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So as Scott relaxes in the tub one night, he closes his eyes and he has this dream, but he is, kind of is Michelle Pfeiffer in the dream. He is Janet Van Dyne. And he breaks out this secret cell phone he had hiding in a an electrical socket and he calls hank and he's like look it's probably nothing but i had a dream about your wife and it was really weird okay bye and then later he's just sitting on the couch he gets bitten on the neck and then he passes out and wakes up in hope's car and they've enlisted a giant ant to be in scott's house (laughs) wearing the ankle bracelet (laughs) i know i don't like ants either and this is really
0: rough i thought about you when later on in the movie when the ants are like chewing through all the electrical oh my god oh Oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god God. i'm so
1: sorry i I had a bad time with the end of this movie (laughs) yeah gross so look hope and hank are mad at scott because scott took the Ant man suit to germany and (laughs) Did something with it? Civil War. This was Civil War. This was Civil War. Oh yeah, he was fighting with quote unquote Cap, which is yeah. what Captain America's friends call him. He, he tells was on Hope
0: the, the side of Cap. They basically enlist him to come and and be on Captain America's side of things
1: against Robert Downey Jr. RDJ. Yes. yes. And something something blah blah. Scott got caught. The rest of them didn't, right? <laughs> How do you catch the one guy who can become subatomic and the rest of them that can't? You don't catch. <laughs> Can someone explain that to me? Whatever. So I, I
0: don't remember the end of... I, I have a hard time watching Civil War because it's like my boyfriend's fighting with each other. It's hard for me emotionally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just read the Wikipedia entry. Yeah. So basically, Hope and Hank have been trying to build this tunnel to the... I'm already exhausted. I'm <laughs> trying to build this tunnel to the quantum realm because they think... Janet is still alive down there because, you know, Scott got that sort of psychic message from her. And (sighs) do we really have to do this?
0: Okay, I'm sorry, but they just used the word quantum entanglement like it's a thing, and I was just like, oh, God. Well, so it
1: is a thing, but it's not a thing that causes psychic powers. (laughs) What is it really? So my memory, and this is very... A poor memory, but it's something about how if you have, oh God, something about if you have two electrons that were part of the same molecule and you split them up and you spin one of them one way, the other one will spin the same way or something like that, like because they're quantumly entangled. But like, don't quote me on that. I, I it, but it, it's like a real thing, but it has to do with like the movement of like atomic or subatomic particles. Okay. It has something to do with beaming messages. <laughs> to an ex-con that your that your daughter is uh, making out with. Did they make out in the first movie, or was that an invention of Luis? Uh, I, I don't remember. I think they hook...
0: I, mm, I actually, I can't say one way or the other. I, I don't remember. I will say, though, they have zero chemistry, which is... Shocking to me yeah. because yeah. Er, Paul Rudd, I feel like, could have chemistry with chemistry with, with a, an
1: old sofa. <laughs> was,
0: yeah. I was gonna say like a a plaster wall, but yes, like a <laughs> an old <laughs> Paul Rudd could charm his way into any like a relationship with anything, and eventually Lily gives him nothing. And I'm
1: just like, yeah.
0: how are you in this? She's scene? so
1: grouchy the whole movie. She's so grouchy. It's I just know. like These people are so deeply unpleasant. Both Hank and Hope are relentlessly grouchy, top to bottom, start to finish. I don't want to help them. I don't want, like, I mean, I want to, abstractly, I don't want a woman to be trapped in a quantum realm, okay? like she's She's an innocent woman who sacrificed her life to save a bunch of people. I'd like her to be saved if possible. That's all great. But, like, on the basis of doing it for her, her grouchy-ass, husband and her grouchy ass <laughs> daughter like I'm not into that I don't like these people so grouchy and there
0: was a whole there's a whole thread that we're gonna get to about how Hank was like terrible to work with and like fired all these people and like that yeah has he sure caused, was <laughs> has caused like real pain in people's lives, and he never has to answer for it, ever. Oh, it's, yeah, he's
1: just, he's had these massive ripple effects on other people that have been wildly negative, and like, he's pretty much like, everyone in his life, and he just gets to skate right
0: past it. And he's just like, and he's just like, that guy's lying, and, like, that's, we're supposed to trust, no thank you, we're supposed to trust, like, grouchy, grouchy, yeah, no, I, I agree. And Evangeline Lily, how are you not just, like, super
1: into... Paul Rudd,
0: cast me as He's... the wasp. I'm, I know I'm not <laughs> in good enough shape for it, but I no, could at least do No, I was gonna, gonna the... say you
1: can't do you can't do the kick punchy.
0: It's all CGI, you know. Just, you know you can do a lot of things with. Is it? <laughs> I would if they were like you need to get in shape to be in a movie with Paul Rudd where you get to make out with him that's maybe the only time in my
1: life that I would do it <laughs> you'd be like 14 hours a day I'm eating pure whey protein for every meal oh <laughs> <sighs> Can we, just, can we just get this over with? <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> so they're yes, going to make a
1: quantum tunnel and they're like, oh, Scott, you owe us. You have to help us. And he's like, oh, fine, whatever. And then this entity shows up that they end up calling Ghost, who's sort of like this gray suited. It was super obvious to me from the jump that it was a woman because yeah. you hear the voice and it doesn't matter that it's been digitized. You hear that it's a woman's voice. Nobody else seems to get that. Yeah, But it's a woman in a gray suit who does not seem to be completely in sync with reality. And not in a mental way, in a physical way. <laughs> also like, maybe in a mental way. Also later. super <laughs> in a mental way. <laughs> and she's just, like, phasing in and out of reality. She yeah. has, like, this weird ghosty shadow that she keeps leaving. And she and she goes through things and whatnot. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll find out more about her later. Yeah. So they want to finish building the quantum tunnel and... Hope goes to see Walton Goggins.
0: (laughs) Okay, what was this character about? Why? We didn't need him.
1: No, we We super didn't didn't need any
0: of this piece of. That's what I'm saying. You cut out 50% of the plot. You make it a two part episode at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm there. We didn't need this guy. He's like, you know, just just a bargain basement. I I don't know. Just like a bargain basement villain that they were like, sure, I guess you, you.
1: He's vaguely southern. Yeah, he's quite menacing. He has a lot of cronies and henchmen, but there's never any indication of like, you know, he he basically threatens Hope like, "Oh, we know you're building a quantum tunnel and we have someone who wants to buy it for a billion dollars." And Hope is so <laughs> If she had if she had just been like that's a really great offer. I have to talk it over with my dad. Can you give me the card? Like, I'll, I need this part now because, like, we're really on a time crunch. But just give me the card of the person who wants to buy it. Or give me your card. Or, like, I'll call you back in 24 hours. But she, she's, like, constitutionally incapable of playing it cool for one minute. So yeah. she's like, uh, we have more important things than building a business. Now give me the part. And then it turns into a whole thing. It's just, like, just, yeah, like, she use takes it from uh, Yeah. No, but then the ghost ends up with it. Ghost yeah. ends up with the part she needs and also the lab because Ghost they can is...
0: shrink the lab down to like a suitcase right. size. Yeah.
1: Which doesn't make any sense. So Michael Pena, who plays a character named Luis, who's is the only Latino person in the whole MCU question mark.
0: Oh, good question.
1: <laughs> anyway. So Luis has this security firm called ExCon. He and, Scott were pals in prison apparently, mm-hmm. and they have this you know, and it's like all ex convicts doing security work, which One is of kind them of in... T.I. <laughs> the rapper. <laughs> yes, it was kind of an ingenious idea for business. Actually, like we broke into houses, we know how to stop your house from getting broken into. Like I would try. That sounds good to me. <laughs> and so that's like you know Scott works for them kind of remotely from home since he can't leave home, but. What the heck happens? Oh, that the, so Hope and Hank and Scott all go to the ex-con security, like, headquarters or whatever. And... Oh, yeah. And he's like,
0: I heard you were threatened by a ghost. And the Russian ex-con who works with them calls her Baba Yaga. And I was like, I just wish I was watching John Wick instead. <laughs> I've
1: never seen John Wick, but I, I like Baba Yaga stories. So every time he said Baba Yaga, I, I did laugh. Um,
0: they called John Wick. Not... They call him Baba Yaga for some okay. of it. Yeah, thank you. He so, worked for the Russian mob. Anyway. So that's <laughs> when... Another Keanu just trying to get us to okay. watch Keanu <laughs> yes. movies. All right. So we're
1: not watching John Wick. So at some point... So then they're like over at Luis's security firm, and then Hank is like, ugh, we have to go talk to my old colleague. He's the only one who could help us with like a quantum tunnel or whatever. So then they go to... San Francisco University? What school is this? University of San Francisco? UC? I don't know.
0: Before they do that, he's like, oh, we got to find the lab. And then you follow the lab back to. You see, like, a really nice house in the woods or whatever. And Mm. its ghost is, uh, you know, taking the thing inside and that's we kind of see she's like glitching almost that spider verse though she's like glitching i, know, in and I out. was watching
1: it being like oh this is like spider verse but this came first yeah
0: um so she's glitching in and out and i thought she looked like nicole Skirtsinger
1: from the pussycat dolls so that's how i refer to her in i my don't notes, have a as... mental image of anyone in the pussycat dolls so i linked it's weird you, that you to do.
0: a music video of her i'm good thanks okay. <laughs> but she looks like that except this girl looks like a zombie version of her because she's very like ashen all the time so
1: i call her zombie nicole skirt singer in my notes (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely way easier to write than ghost or ava (laughs) so congrats (laughs) So they're trying to... to find some joy in this like <laughs> ridiculous slog through this movie. <laughs> so they go to San Francisco University question mark and Lawrence Fishburne just happens to be giving a lecture on quantum quantum quantum. <laughs> he spots Hope and Hank and Scott in the back of the classroom and they go to his office. They're not wearing disguises. They're just wearing,
0: you know, <laughs> Scott, they're all wanted criminals, and Scott is like, "We're not. We're just look like we're ourselves at a baseball game because they all he's cr- And he is correct. <laughs> yes, he is correct.
1: Anyway, so they go to his office and they're like, "Hey, um, we need a quantum tunnel," and he's like, "I don't have a quantum tunnel, but you should be able to find your lab if you just do bloody bloody science techno babble." And Hank is like, ugh, "What do you know?" Ugh. <laughs> right, like he's such a jerk to this guy. It's unbelievable, and. Lawrence Fishburne's... What's his character's name? Bob or something? Bill? Bill. 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 So... Like, yeah, we're just calling him Lawrence Fishburne. I'm sorry. I, yeah, no, I agree. So good old Larry Fishburne is like... <laughs> Larry Fish. Yeah, Larry Fish is like... Okay, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing that you got me fired from S.H.I.E.L.D. because, you know, our egos couldn't fit on the same room or whatever. And Hank is just like a total jerkwad yeah. to to, to Elfish. Like... <laughs>
0: Well, Elfish is like, uh, your wife was the only one who could stand you, and look what happened to
1: her. (laughs) Which, like, fair point, though. Yeah, I mean, not wrong. (laughs) So then the FBI shows up somehow, and they manage to escape, and they go to Elfish's office, and he's like, no, I haven't seen Hank in, like, 30 years. We're bitter enemies. So I was like, okay, he's covering for them. Yeah, yeah. But they did not hire Lawrence Fishburne to be in one scene no, of a no. Marvel movie, right? So, like, what is the reveal with this guy? And of course, you know, we'll get there soon. Not a very satisfying reveal, I am. Nope. But... nope. Nope, 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 nope. So, <laughs> so, it turns out that Scott has his old Ant Man suit, which has the thing in it that will sync with the lab that they can find it, blah, blah, techno babble. So they have to go to Peanut. What's Peanut's actual name? Cassie. Cassie, Scott's daughter. Cassie's elementary school to like get it because she accidentally brought it in for show and tell and there's some malfunctioning with Scott's suit and blah blah blah. They get the Scott they get the suit. Then they but, go. like to that get, was
0: you didn't need that scene. You know what I mean? Sure like, didn't. Like sure didn't. nothing <laughs> happens. Like that one teacher's like, hey, and then he just keeps walking, running away, yep. and the teacher. It's like, just like they eh. made it,
1: it's as if they designed the script around like how many funny sight gags can we do about the people being the wrong size. And wouldn't it be funny if Scott was stuck at the size of an elementary schooler and had to pretend to be an elementary schooler, right? It's like the scene serves no purpose other than to show off like, Hey, look, we Frodo Baggins, you know, Paul Paul Rudd. It was very Frodo Baggins. Very, very much. So they go get the lab from Ghost's house. Well, they try to, but then Ghost knocks them all out and elfish comes as well and her name is ava and ava's got a british accent for a reason that is never explained nope and she's like i was the daughter of a shield agent at which point i assumed elfish was her dad me too i was like that is the
0: easiest script to be like this is my daughter Okay, right. That's the real reason I hate you. Not that
1: she was the daughter of a colleague. colleague. Like, who cares? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry. It was. It was so. Yes. Right. I'm so like the, you're both African American. Like, you know. Well, she's like, Afro British, right? <laughs> right, <laughs>
0: right. But I was like, I don't know. Maybe she's been. Tra- who knows? Like, I was like, you could fudge it if you wanted to. They, but they just made up a whole other family right. for her. All they had
1: to do is make it so that elfish was attempting to build a quantum tunnel or something in his basement because he got fired by shield. Just like the story of the guy that it turns out is her actual father who we never meet and never have any (laughs) connection to connection to whatsoever. And then like Ava one day just wanders down the basement and pushes a button Right. That's no. all that it has to be. No, I'm oh, saying oh, this is oh, what oh, it oh. should be. Oh that, yes. That yeah. that Larry Fish is building a quantum tunnel in his basement to get back at Hank or or get back on top or get into scientific journals or whatever. And Eva like wanders down the basement one day and presses the button. And maybe her mom is upstairs and the quantum tunnel like collapses the house. The mom dies. The the daughter becomes ghost. Larry Fishburne is off at the office or whatever. And now he feels tremendous amounts of guilt and he has to help her. Like that's a f- compelling story right that's what it's- way more compelling than what actually happened <laughs> <laughs> right what actually happened is that her father is a different shield employee who was fired by hank pym allegedly and he was building a quantum tunnel for r- reason because oh because you discredited my father so she so he's going to build a quantum tunnel, like prove Hank Pym wrong. And then it goes, something goes wrong with it. And for some reason, his daughter is there and his wife are, his daughter and wife are there at the like testing facility, which already makes no sense right off the bat. And the wife like takes Ava and like tries to run away. But then Ava's like, I can't let my daddy be alone. And she goes back and he, and like he, her parents are both killed and she's quantumized or whatever. And it's, and then it's like, then and then it's Larry Fish being like, and and then I she became my ward. And I'm like, what? Like, I come mean, on. Was, like why? Elfish is in SHIELD,
0: and SHIELD basically says, like, you gotta go check this, like, thing out. We don't know what it is, and it turns out to be this little girl. And so Larry Fish is like, I guess I'm responsible for you now. But then SHIELD takes her and this was the part i thought was cool that shield was like oh we'll try to help you but in return it's like we'll try to stabilize you and all that but in return you've got to like spy for us and do all this cool stuff i was like that i'm into that's why this could have been an episode of agents of shield right because she's she's like an operative she's an operative for them and like that i'm actually into because it's this sort of like shield doesn't just do like upstanding good work all the time sometimes they jason born people right like you know Yes, yes yes and so that by the way, shield cool. at
1: this at this point in the MCU timeline, apparently, shield is disbanded. Which shield has yeah. Thank goodness I was <laughs> thank goodness I was watching this with someone else. who was like, oh yeah. So it turns out Hydra infiltrated Shield, and then Hydra installed the director of Shield. It was a Hydra agent, so then Hydra was like, we own Shield now. So then Shield disbanded. I was like, wow. When did th- what? Apparently, really? this was like Winter Soldier. Winter maybe? Soldier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Whatever. Who could um, care?
0: But I had, I mean, I had forgotten, because I had had forgotten where this was in the timeline, because I didn't actually see it chronologically when the movies came out. But yeah, so S.H.I.E.L.D. has disbanded, but it could, like, they, you're exactly right. They could have just tightened this up by saying, Larry Fishburne saying, this is my daughter, look at what you, like, you know, our egos did to her, this is why I can't work with you, and this is why I personally have a vendetta against you, instead of, like... This weird thing.
1: Triangulation. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Where, like, he's sort of responsible for her, but also she's her own entity, but especially now that S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist, and also, like, whose house is this? Is this Larry Fishburne's house that she's living in? I have no... It was so stupid. Like, just make them father and daughter. You could have cut out... So And also, there could have been a really <laughs> nice thing if... No, if... <laughs> and another thing! But if there had been... Father and daughter. That's that's sort of these three father daughter relationships that anchor the movie, oh. right? And Lawrence Fishburne could have at some point had a monologue where he says to Hank, "Wouldn't you do this for your daughter?" That's all I'm trying to do for my kid.
1: Oh, uh, well uh, that one might all, almost say that that is a uh, something that a screenwriter. <laughs> <laughs> what try to do is to draw parallels Create between characters some, exactly some mirroring
0: situations where where Lawrence Fishburne because what happens to him is essentially like nothing right like he just gets knocked around a little oh, bit
1: yeah by the way if you want to know what happens to Elfish at the end of this movie we have no idea yeah yeah none and, can... and also moreover we have no idea what happens to Ghost at the end of this movie
0: yeah nothing
1: it's I... dropped question like shrug emoji they're just like
0: i don't know Ugh. we we need a montage of like you know this married couple finally getting to be happy together even though this guy was grouchy as all get out throughout the entire movie we <laughs> somehow care about their relationship but like yeah you could you you hire lawrence fishburn for this movie and you don't give him like you know a heart of darkness style monologue about like <laughs> right he was an apocalypse now
1: Right? Uh I don't remember but you might be right. I didn't see Apocalypse now.
0: I think he was because I think that's how he and um Martin Sheen know each other. Okay. But like you don't give him a monologue or like a Matrix style monologue where he's like, you know, this is you don't understand like I am this brilliant scientist and and I'm just trying to provide for my kid the same way that you... Like, don't you take take risks to protect your daughter he, and all Hank that kind of stuff? He breaks
1: the law to protect his daughter. Exactly. So, so so, and, and so it's not that different. We're not so different, you and I. Exactly. Why don't you give Larry Fishburne a like, we're not so different,
0: you and I Monologue. We should have written this movie. Me and you and Paul Rudd. And I could have written the
1: scenes about me making out with Paul Rudd. And you I mean, could have written been... the Lawrence Fishburne scenes. It would have been great. <laughs> In fairness, if you had written it, there would have been a lot more full frontal nudity from Paul Rudd.
0: (laughs) I mean, ding, a little halo pops
1: up above my head. Maybe some full backle nudity as well. (laughs) Full backle.
0: Anyway. (laughs) (sighs) I'm so tired. (laughs) We're just telling you all listeners the movie that we would have rather watched at this
1: point. Anyway, Elfish thinks maybe Janet in the quantum realm can somehow heal. What Ava. was this? About? I don't know. I don't know. It was never explained. Just like, oh, we'll just do a thing and then we'll suck the the energy from Janet into Ava, Like, what and are you talking about? Michael Douglas is like, you can't do that. That will kill her. Well, how do you even know that? <laughs> how do you know that?
0: You don't know that. You don't know anything. Until two days ago, you didn't even believe that it was possible that she could ever come back. And now you're sure that if we try this one experiment that she's going to die? She's basically been dead to you for the past 30 years. So... I mean, I don't know. It just seems so dumb to me that they were like, oh, this is impossible. It's like, is it really? Or, I mean, come on. Anyway.
1: Anyway, <laughs> sorry. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, Walton Goggins goes to the ex-con place and he gives Luis truth serum. And this is genuinely funny. Yes, this was this very funny. This is a funny sequence where we see, like, Luis's version of the first Ant-Man movie, basically, like, what happens in it. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's narrating, like, the characters are moving their mouths, but Luis is the one whose voice, is, voice comes out. And he's it's like, like
0: an episode of Drunk History. It's very yes, funny. Yes, yes!
1: And he's, like, talking super fast because the truth serum seems to be some sort of, like, amphetamine or something. And it's pretty funny. But in the end, Luis does tell Walton Goggins where Hope and Hank and Scott are. So Walton Goggins goes after him. But then I guess Luis does as well. And Walton Goggins calls his friend at the FBI and is like, "Hey, I know where." So he's quote unquote friend at the FBI. Like you know, he has an in at the FBI. Who you know, there's some shady business going on between him and this FBI agent. It's not Agent Wu, whom we love. It's another. His practicing close-up magic in his office. Yes, it is a mediocre white guy, unsurprisingly, (laughs) who is the contact for Walton Goggins. Yeah, as Sean says in the Good Place. There's a reason I chose the form of a white man. 45-year-old white man. I can only fail up. up. (laughs) So, Hope and Hank set up the quantum tunnel in some place. Who cares? And Janet takes over Scott's body for a minute. A few minutes. Wait, are we missing the part where they go to prison? Or is that later? That's later. Oh, okay. And... Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. So Scott takes over Janet's body, and it's actually kind of sweet because she's, like, talking to them. She's like, Jelly Bean, but it's, like, like Paul Rudd doing it, but it's still pretty funny. It's like, Jelly Bean, I believe you
0: can find me. Yeah, it's very much, um... Ghost. Ghost, or I was going to say the Robert Downey Jr. movie that you loved.
1: Oh, yes! (laughs) Um, I've already forgotten what it's called. The one we did up. the... Heart and Souls. Heart 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 and Souls. Souls. Go look back about a month or two in the podcast archives, So good. So good. So, and then Paul Rudd, at, but it's Janet in the body of, of Scott, like, goes to all the computers and, like, fixes all the algorithms, whatever. And she's like, I've had a lot of time to think about it. And this is how you do it. Tippity, tappity, tippity. <laughs> hey, lady, you haven't seen a computer in 30 years. You know how this ish works? Okay, cool. Nope. <laughs> And she's like, I put an antenna in Scott's head and you can just, and and Hope is like, oh, it's like tracing a call back to its source. And I was like, it's not, what? What is any of this? This is not, this is straight nonsense. And then she's like... That should have been the tagline for this movie. This yeah. is straight nonsense. And then she's like, anyway... It's still in Scott's body. Anyway, you have two hours to find me, and then uh, the probability fields won't line up for another hundred years, so good what luck and goodbye! What is okay, a probability field? What even? I mean, I know what it means in, like, a mathematical context. <laughs> in this context, it means absolutely nothing. Yeah. It means nothing. And why now... Why a hundred uh, years? Why two hours? Whatever. So, just
0: shaking my head. I realize that like, I'm <laughs> reacting to you, but I'm not saying anything. I'm just over here
1: shaking my head and shrugging. Great so, for an audio medium. Luis calls Scott and says, hey, the feds are coming because I told Walton Goggins where you are, which, why did Scott tell Luis where they were in the first place? That was such a stupid, stupid move. But in yeah. any case, so... Scott manages to get away and fly home on the back of an ant, which seems like it would be a pretty slow method of transportation, but cool, whatever. The feds show up at his house, but he manages to get there just in time. His daughter covers for him for like five minutes, but then he's actually there. Meanwhile, Hope and Hank get arrested by the FBI. And they, and let me just tell you this right now, right now. Okay. They have two hours to get into the quantum void to save the mom. The FBI doesn't wipe their butt after a dump in under two hours, okay? (laughs) If you think for one absolute minute that the FBI would arrest a pair of highly wanted criminals and get them into an interrogation room together in under two hours, you are straight out of your mind. (laughs) It is not happening. There's a whole, like... Oh, if they, if the clock had been 12 hours, I would have bought it. If it had been like, you have 12 hours to do this. then I would have been like, yes, I can see how they could get to FBI and all the paperwork and all the processing and all the this, that, the other thing. And then they're okay. And then they break out, whatever, and get back 12 hours. Sure. I buy it two hours. It's laughable. It is laughable.
0: I, my, my, I didn't think about the timeline, but my thing was why put them in the same room? That's the dumbest question. thing you could possibly do. You and know no, and that
1: they don't, they're... And that doesn't happen. Yeah. it <laughs> doesn't happen. Don't you want a prisoner's dilemma, the two of them? Yes, you know, of course they do. It's yeah. the FBI. <laughs> that's like their favorite trick. <laughs> so as soon as they're in a room together, Hope picks the handcuffs with a bobby pin from her mouth. Sure. Yeah. That's a thing that you can do in FBI headquarters. Because they wouldn't cavity search you. Yeah. Yeah, right. And she immediately opens up their two handcuffs, and then Scott kind of rides to the rescue and drops down a suit for like the wasp suit for. They they never call her the wasp in the movie, by the way.
0: Dropped I think down maybe the, they
1: did in the last one.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: He drops down the wasp suit for Hope and an FBI, an FBI hat and uh and windbreaker, windbreaker for Hank. Which I'm like, yeah, no, he can't go anywhere without a badge. You guys know that that's how it works, right? <laughs> can't go anywhere without a badge but whatever it's fine so they get out and uh and meanwhile scott and cassie have had a talk and cassie's like you have to go save the world you have to go help people i want to be your partner and scott's like it's really and you'd be a great partner and i would be a horrible dad if i let you i be my thought partner. that was a very sweet line it was super sweet and she's like, you gotta go help people. Go, go, go. And he's like, okay. Because, you know, his whole thing is like, he doesn't want to go to prison again because he doesn't want to be away from Cassie. And it's like, but she gives him the permission. And I thought it was like, that's like an emotionally genuine moment for me. Yeah. Of like he, he She gives him the permission to like, you have to risk it because the stakes, you know, the stakes are very high and, you know, real people need help. So. Right.
0: He, and he, also he, she, she seems like, she kind of understands who her dad is. And it's just sort of like, yeah. I, what, I, a petty I, thief? <laughs> Or just, like, I mean, they have that whole scene at the beginning where they're, like, breaking into somewhere together, like, you know, it's, it's fake, obviously, but, like, she's not, like, she understands that her dad is, you know, break, breaks the law and is sort of <laughs> on the wrong side of things, but, like, has I like a, good a bad heart. boy, daddy. <laughs> yeah, like, has a good heart, is a good dad, and therefore she's, like, you know,
1: but yeah, I thought that was sweet. So they find the lab again. Elfish and Ava are inside of it, you know, and, and Ava's getting particularly desperate because Elfish has told her that she has weeks to live, which is, like, very convenient that mm-hmm. <laughs> this is all happening at this moment, but whatever. And, you know, they're like, we, they're still on this two-hour clock, which is absurd! They're still on this two-hour clock that they have to get inside the quantum realm. And so, look, basically, Hank quantums down into quantum world, and... Yeah. He's Scott Baculus himself. <laughs> yes. And meanwhile, so this is like, I kept having this question of like, okay, so basically Hank quantum's down into the quantum realm and then the lab gets miniaturized and carried around, right? But mm-hmm. like, how does that work? Like, Hank's already been super miniaturized inside the lab. Is he getting more miniaturized? I could not even begin to tell you. The only thing... <laughs> there were so many times where it was like, a person had a miniature thing, and then they miniaturized themselves. And it's like, well, what happened to the thing that was miniaturized? Did it get re-miniaturized? Did it get more miniaturized? Mini-minis. Like- mini <laughs> right, like, if you... so like So, for instance... Maybe maybe Hope is carrying a miniaturized suit, and then she miniaturizes herself. Is the suit now super miniaturized, or is she carrying a suit that's the size of herself? Like, how does this work?
0: <laughs> I don't know. The only thing I've, other than the tardigrades that I have to say about Hank being quantum Scott Bakula quantum leaping um <laughs> is that the quantum void looked like Winamp media player visualizations
1: <laughs> from it was extremely trippy yes
0: it was like extremely trippy and you know just these sort of like you could tell that that whoever was in charge of the the visualizations for that piece was like everybody who you know, downloaded music from Napster in the early
1: 2000s is really going to be into this. <laughs> oh, those were the days. I, I don't want to go through this whole, like, the uh, the whole ending of this movie is a, is a hot mess. It's a mess, y'all. It is so oh. messy. Who could, Who could care? I don't know, but it's just like, it's just so many chases and so many involved parties. And Scott's suit keeps malfunctioning. And the lab gets handed around like a hot potato and there's so many people driving and it's like San Francisco Street chases. I'm like, Down, I like, don't street. Yeah. care. I don't yeah. care. The thing that happens that matters is that Hank finds Janet. J- Janet gets into the quantum mobile. Eventually they get back to the real world, even though Ava tries to like suck Janet. Janet's powers, whatever, who, do- who knows, whatever. Yeah.
0: Before we before we get to the, like, actual sort of end part, I want to just reiterate that Larry Fishburne is criminally underutilized. Oh, for sure. Like, he keeps... So he's been protecting Ava, or, like, you know, Ava's... His responsibility for all this time. She finally has, like, something that could help her. He's been trying to get her to this point, and then... All of a sudden, he has changes of heart, and he's like, there has to be another way. There has to be another way. We can't hurt this woman. And Ava's like, are you serious? Like, what are you talking about? And Ava is supposed to be a little unhinged, but, like, I get it. I would be in her situation, too. And then, basically, he is... Elfish is, like, easily easily dispatched by, like, some giant ants who just corral him into an elevator, and, like, that's... There's no, like, showdown between him and anybody else. There's no, like... There's nothing other than, like, he just kind of gets, becomes, like, very milk toast, you know? Like, he starts out with all this bravado, and he's like, oh, Hank, you're hubris, blah, 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 is gonna be the, get the best of you. And then nothing happens to Hank, and everything's fine, and... The
1: only, like, narrative reason he might exist in somebody's imagination, I can imagine, is, like, someone in the writer's room goes, well, why doesn't Ava just go kidnap Cassie? You know Scott's daughter, and right. and make Scott do what she wants. And someone goes, "Oh, we got to have someone reining her in. Uh, let's get Larry Fishburne." Right? Like that's the only, th- <laughs> the only thing I can think of. It's the only thing that really like makes sense. But and anyway, let we'll just way,
0: like I don't know kidnapping Cassie. It's not my favorite idea, but it would have been more interesting than someone just going like there has to be another way. Okay, so
1: this convoluted chasing. Look, I, I but I, I have to say, like I would get really tired. Most of these superheroes don't have children. Yeah. The ones who have are few and far between, and I would get really, really sick of them being used as, like, the child in peril, the person in peril. The same reason I got sick of Mary Jane Parker. Yeah, that's or, fair. Um, wait, what was her actual name before she got married? Mary Jane Watson, right? Yeah. Mary Jane Watson kept getting held hostage by every fucking yeah, villain who came out of Spider-Man. It was tiring, right? Like, yeah, I don't want to yeah, see, yeah, I don't yeah. necessarily want to see that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. who cares Janet comes out of the quantum realm with Hank and she reunites with her daughter. And then she goes over. This was maybe my favorite bit of dialogue in the movie was so bad. She goes over to ghost and she says something like your pain. I can see it. And Ava goes, it hurts. And I'm like, yeah, pain does that. (laughs) It's funny. That's the thing about pain is that it hurts. That's that's the opposite of a line from a very
0: famous, uh, Patrick Swayze movie. He says, "Pain don't hurt." That's right.
1: So, essentially, Janet just touches. She ETs She does. Ava. She has. She gets glowy fingers, and she stabilizes her because she spent. 30 years in the quantum realm and she says that she has evolved, which, fine, I'm fine. Look, it's magic. I don't care. At yeah. that point, I'm like, you want to do magic? Do magic. That's fine. Yeah. It's when you just throw the word quantum and probability field around and act like that means something that makes right. you crazy. It's really, this is really Doctor Strange dressed up as a you right. Know, sci-fi. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, blah-de-blah. So, so the reason we don't know what happens with Ava and Elfish is that at some point, you know, the feds are kind of closing in. And Ava insists she's like Lawrence Fishburne. Run, run! I've done things and I and I have to answer for them. But you, you are innocent. And run and leave me. And he does.
0: We no, have no, he idea. doesn't.
1: Yes, he does. He's stayed. He's like, no, I'm not leaving you. And they hug. And
0: that's the last you see. Right? No, then
1: she she runs away. I think. Oh, from him and leaves him there. I, I think. was
0: like, I was like, did I miss a scene where she got shot and she like can't go any
1: further? That's what I had thought happened, but. <laughs> no. But yeah, it's it's hilarious because, like, she hasn't done, as far as we know, anything that couldn't be swept under the rug as I was on S.H.I.E.L.D. business, right? Like... What exactly does she think she's going to get turned into the feds for? At some point, the feds are going to take her in and be like, oh, alias Ghost, and the shield told you to do all this. Okay, so, sorry to have detained you, ma'am. Like, <laughs> she's going to get a free pass on this stuff. Like, why does she think it doesn't matter? We have no idea what happens to her. Absolutely yeah. none. And apparently, no one cares. I mean, nobody. <laughs> right. So fine, somehow Scott gets back to his house before the feds do again, Even whatever. And Lawrence Fishburne was just like, I gotta, run. I gotta go, I can't be in this movie anymore. <laughs> They're filming
0: John Wick 2, I have to be on set for that. Is he in John Wick 2? Yes, he is in John Wick 2. Oh, because, that's amazing. So God he bless. and
1: Keanu are still buds, obviously. Obviously, who the, you could not, I mean, like, look, those two guys obviously would get along like peanut butter and jelly.
0: Yeah, and so they. Uh, I watched an interview with Keanu Reeves, not surprisingly, where he talked about this, and he said that he was hanging out with Lawrence Fishburne and um he's like hey i saw john wick and i loved it and so when they were writing the second one he like emailed larry fishburne and was like do you want to be in it and he was like send me the pages and he d- and he did and Lawrence Fishburne was like yes i will totally be in this movie and is he great. a bad guy or a good guy he is a guy outside of the law like everyone is he's like he and he and john wick have like kind of a contentious relationship but they're kind of they're kind of bros but at one point john wick had tried to kill him it was like a whole thing but they're kind of bros okay thanks for that let's finish this
1: movie up, okay yeah so blahdy blah scott manages to get back in time to get his ankle bracelet removed he's a free man now even though and and Agent Woo, so one of the other like genuinely funny things in this movie is is Agent Wu is like taking the bracelet off him or whatever, and says something like, "I'll be seeing you," and then it turns into a whole awkward but hilariously awkward conversation with Scott being like, "Why did you say that?" He's like, "Cause I'll be seeing you like when I arrest you," and Scott like, "Oh, I thought you meant maybe you were gonna like invite me out to dinner or something." He's like, "No, why would I?" I mean, are you doing anything? <laughs> it's actually <laughs> pretty funny. funny. That was funny. Yeah. So okay. Happy ending. The business is doing super well because everybody saw it on the news when all this stuff went down with Quantum Tunnel or whatever. Hooray, the, the XCOM business is doing well. Janet and Hank are happy in their retirement or whatever. I don't think we see much in the way of Hope sort of doing whatever. Hope has the, a drive-in movie date. Yes. It was Yeah, it was kind of cute. And I knew that there was a reference to Thanos' snap. At the end of this movie. And I was like, if they dust that little girl, I will punch through this television. You do (laughs) not make me watch the death of an eight-year-old innocent girl. I will kill everybody. But thankfully, that's not what happens. Yeah. What happens instead is there's two post-credit sequences. The first one is, okay, and this this was just such a ridiculous, like, Justification. It's like, we need you to go down to the quantum realm and collect some of that healing energy for Ghost. What? <laughs> yeah, you're friends now? A, you're friends now. B, it wasn't permanent, what Janet did. And C, what, you can collect this stuff with, like, he just has, like, a jam jar. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> So they send Scott down to the quantum realm and it's Hope and Janet and Hank all standing around. They're like on the top of a building or whatever, standing around with like their various instruments and computers or whatever. And then Scott's down the quantum realm. He's like, and he loses connection to them. He's like, guys, what's going on? Guys, guys. And then you pull out to see that all three of them have been snapped.
0: Which was this scene was the only scene that you needed in the whole movie. Yeah. This is it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you wanted to just get rid of Janet and, like, not even... Do, if someone had been like, hey, maybe let's not even do this movie, but, like, uh,
1: maybe... Put a short out online. Exactly.
0: Just a second screen experience of, like, <laughs> meanwhile for Ant-Man. So
1: they, they did that for Doctor Who once, and it was super effective. They they took um the eighth Doctor, who only ever appeared in a movie... And they did like a web short that I don't know, it was like 10 or 15 minutes or something. And it was like in anticipation of a new season or something. And they showed his regeneration for the first time. And they got the actor back. And they showed, and they showed sort of how he had to make this series of like desperate choices and how he became what turned out to be the war doctor. Spoilers for Doctor Who like five years ago. How he becomes the war doctor, who's like an unnumbered doctor who is supposed to destroy Gallifrey. But it's like everybody watched it. It's super popular, high production values, everybody liked it. like and it and it bridged the gap really effectively, you know, and it gave us a good uh, set of backstory for this thing that they were about to do. but it was it did not merit its own episode, right. And the same thing with this, right? Like, okay, so you need Scott stuck in the quantum realm and Hank and Hope dusted that's it Yeah, put out a web exclusive This like <laughs> ant-man and the wasp this could have been a web short that's
0: all this <laughs> needed to be it's just just yeah the three of them like scott we already know from the first movie that scott can go down to the quantum realm and come back we, that so you don't need we didn't learn anything new from this movie all you needed was like hey scott we want to be able to replicate this ourselves. So you go down and we'll monitor you while you do this. So we understand how you did it. Mm -hmm. He goes down to the quantum realm. They become dust. That's literally literally all you need. And he's stuck.
1: Because at some point, like the setup here is that Janet says like, watch out for the tardigrades and also like, watch out for time vortexes. And I was like, well, okay. Like (laughs) it's obviously, you're obviously setting that up, right? But that's fine. But you didn't need a whole movie for that. So the second post-credit sequence, which you did not see... No, because I was, was just like... Ugh. So- <laughs> it was chilling because of context. So what you see is that giant ant who was pretending to be Scott with the ankle bracelet. Gross, yes. In... Yes, gross. In Scott's house, and he's playing on the drums, and he's practicing the drums. Which would be kind of cute and funny the way that the Captain Marvel post-credits was cute and funny. Yeah. Except it's obviously after the snap because the TV is on and it's broadcasting the emergency alert system. So, (laughs) so they're showing this thing that is like half of all humans are dead now. And look at this funny ant practicing drums. And I was like, this is sociopathic. That's super gross. I'm glad I didn't watch that. (laughs) Like, I already don't super love the giant ant thing. And now you're being like, and and merrily the ant drums as all of humanity is freaking the F out because half of all people are dead. Uh, This could have been a web short. (laughs) (laughs) and and yeah you're so right about the chemistry between them it's just oh, non-existent what a <laughs> she
0: like kisses him at one point and i was like this feels so forced and you know how i know it was forced because they have scenes because it wasn't me but, hey, it wasn't me <laughs> dear diary why wasn't it me but also because evangeline lily and Paul Rudd have these moments throughout the movie where they have like just an aside where it's the two of them getting ready to do something like, you know, Paul Rudd's like, look at us teaming up again. Like, who would have ever thought this would happen? She's like, "Ugh!" like she doesn't want anything to do with him. She's so mean to him. But they like will look at each other for like a half a second. And then someone, it's usually cranky Michael Douglas, goes, are the two of you just going to stare at each other all night? Or are we going to do this thing? Or he's like, hey, can you stop looking at my daughter like that, blah, blah. And I was like, what? You're so creepily interested. She's a grown woman. Like, but then- She's
1: 39 years old, by the way. I looked up the actress's age. I mean, so when they made this, maybe she was 37 or something. But, like, she is not a blushing child, you know? Like, right. She is almost 40 and like we can everybody chill about her romantic relationship. but
0: but there was a part of me that's like i wonder if they felt like they needed that because if it's just the two of them looking at each other it's completely flat there is no there's like nothing she's not giving him a dang thing you know what i mean like i I have no
1: i have no idea the director is just like crankier i need you to be crankier (laughs) You know, you're really angry at him for destroying your dad's life work. And Evangeline Lily's probably like, well, yeah, but don't I also kind of have a thing with him? It doesn't matter. You love your dad, and he went to Germany, and how dare he? Like,
0: oh, okay. But isn't he his own person with his own family, and shouldn't I respect that? No. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And that's the other thing. Like, we talked about Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne and our pretend plot of it being a father-daughter relationship with him and ghost there is a very obvious connection that scott and michael douglas could have had about what you would do for your daughter and all those kinds of and it just what it didn't materialize it was almost just like hank and hope hate
1: scott like they hate that they they, do hate him (laughs) They hate that they like had to rely on him for whatever heist was going on in the first Ant-Man movie and they hate that he took the suit and went to Germany to like do something that he thought was a moralness like necessity. Right. They don't care like uh, now Which I didn't see I didn't see any of these movies and I don't care to, but like my understanding is that there was like a it was like a crisis of conscience situation. It wasn't as if Scott used the Ant-Man suit to go, like, rob bodegas, right? Like, he, no, yeah. he was he was doing something that he thought was morally correct. And I don't know if it was morally correct or whatever. And again, I don't care. But, okay. like, it, you know, he didn't go doing something completely, you know, uh, frivolous. Right. And for them to be so salty about this thing that he did, you know, it it, it just... It's again, it's sociopathic,
0: yeah, and also it does not make me care. One, the only reason I care that they have been snaptured is because Scott is stuck. Scott is stuck. If it was just like Evang, it turns out like they're all sitting around, like you know, watching TV, and Evangeline Lily gets snaptured, I'd be like, okay, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I care about every single other person that we in in uh, Infinity War that we get, watch get snapped.
1: Like, by the way, so everyone you've, you may be listening to this at some distant point in the future. Today is uh, March thirtieth, twenty nineteen. The year of, of, of War our 2019, Lord twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. They just released recently the Avengers post the the, the next Avengers movie posters called yes. the Aveng the Avenge the Fallen series where it's half of the characters in color the ones who are still alive and half of the characters in bah 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 half of the characters in black and white the ones who have died and apparently Shuri is dead y'all yeah, how that. is this acceptable it is not um. she is the best character in the MCU. You don't snap her. I will snap you. <laughs> you know what else I saw?
0: Not to take away from your... Righteous <laughs> anchor. There have been a lot of parody
1: Yes, posters. there have been. They've been, pretty, they've been pretty
0: solid. And so one of them is an Avenge the Fallen poster, and it's of uh, Janet from The Good Place, like, <laughs> face down on the beach. <laughs> have you seen this one? <laughs> no, I haven't. That's great. I'll see if I can find it for you. But it's, it, it's, it's Michael at the button and janet face down on the beach and it just says avenge the fall <laughs> that's great i was like this is per i was like we should have made this
1: because this is like right in our wheelhouse
0: <sighs> so
1: next week oh god i'm sorry i think so i think next week probably has to be Guardians of the galaxy volume 2 which i didn't mind i liked that movie yeah i liked it fine it was fine
0: I mean we have had ourselves a good conversation about it not on air. So I actually yeah, so think we could have a
1: good recreate that. I should have
0: taken notes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Better music. But then we're still That's we're for st- dang sure. Oh, I know. I was I remember I was listening to the credits of this movie I was like, wow, this this score is terrible. <laughs> like Ugh. it's just it's such a nothing it was just like one note it was like I mean this at least gu- nothing at least guardians 2 has Fleetwood Max the chain like uh, which is a perfect song it is amazing amazing i, I but that just takes us we're still going to have like Several weeks, several weeks. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do. We could. I'm happy to get Iron Man out of the library if that's (laughs) the library. You keep laughing about the library. The library is a is a venerable institution, and I would thank you to respect it.
0: I think about it. I I agree, but that's why I just assume because they're such a venerable institution that they wouldn't have like, you know, oh, they have all kinds of garbage. Uh Yeah, I think we could do Iron Man, you know, maybe some of the origin story
1: movies, like... Maybe you know. we should go back and watch Guardians 1 with the knowledge we have from Captain Marvel.
0: Oh, yeah, we could do that. I liked Guardians 1. I liked it better than Guardians 2.
1: So maybe, yeah, I don't know. So maybe you and I... So let's let's leave it slightly undecided what we're going to do for next weekend. Yeah. Maybe we can figure out a way to go to the library and <laughs> get some of the MCU <laughs> movies. Um. But I don't, I don't have any listener mail, so I think we're going to wrap up. Oh, wait. I have to say one thing before we go. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Michael Douglas and Annette Bening are both now in the MCU because of <laughs> Captain Marvel. Which means that one of my favorite movies of all time, The American President, is part of the MCU canon. That's it. It has to be.
1: Okay, everybody. <laughs> Until next time. Have a very quantum week. (laughs) This could have been a web short.
0: (laughs) Um, like, I... Is that... Do you want to take care of that or no?
1: Leo! Oh, good job, sweetheart! But I'm recording, okay? Okay. His little? He just beat. He just beat the boss. I, I heard. I heard. <laughs> That's so sweet. His little voice,
0: <laughs> mommy, mommy. Um.